All right. This is Heather back for episode two. Today we're going to be talking about Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the walk-in killer, a.k.a. the Night Stalker. How you doing? I'm good. And you know, you watched the uh, Cecil documentary on Netflix, right? Oh, yeah. How fucking creepy is it that this guy was like a resident there and they said he used to just like throw his bloody clothes in the alley and walk up the stairs naked and everybody was like, oh, you know, big deal. I know. I mean, I did not know that much about that hotel, but I've heard it mentioned in a lot of true crime podcasts, you know? It's just those kind of people hanging about that that is normal. It's just mind-boggling. Did you watch the Night Stalker documentary on Netflix, the big four-parter? Yeah. I like that, and I like that it focused on the cops as opposed to him, so that way he was like never humanized or anything like that. I thought that was cool. I thought that was cool, too. And I just like hearing their insight of what it was like to be tracking him down and, you know, trying to figure out even that it was one guy. Because well, there was no Internet back then. I mean, can you imagine DNA tests? Could you imagine how if you had half a brain, you could get away with a lot of crime? Well, this guy did. And he was not the smartest guy in the world. Well, that's the thing. A lot of them weren't. It was just we didn't have the forensics and stuff. I mean, the 60s, 70s, you could disappear, have a new identity, hop on a plane with cash, you know, just roll up and buy a ticket. You could do anything back then. You could get away with a lot. Yeah, Ted Bundy uh, just, what, he broke out of jail and drove to another state. Yeah, and he's like, can't <laughs> find me now. <laughs> so, and, I mean, yeah, it was just wild. It was, now, his documentary was pretty boring, if you ask me. Yeah, I hate Bundy. Fuck him. I like Al Bundy. <laughs> That's a little better, yeah. A little married with children. Ted Bundy was just, I don't know, the documentary on him was just, everybody's like, oh, it's the most chilling thing ever. It's like, it's actually kind of boring, and you're really stretching this guy out a long time. He's, they make him out like he's this, like, gorgeous playboy. It was like, no, he was just good looking for a serial killer. He looked like a normal dude. There was nothing special about him. Yeah, he's supposed to be this, like, super attractive, intelligent guy. I'm like, he's an ass. He wasn't like an underwear model catching these girls at the beach or anything. He was just, I don't no. know, he, just, he didn't look like a scumbag. That's the thing. He just looks like a normal guy, which I guess is the scary part. So they should stop trying to make him out as like this, you know, gorgeous playboy. Like, no, he looked like a trustworthy guy next door, and that's how he got these girls. You yeah, know? He was no Charlie Hunnam or anything like that. You know, he was just... Then again, John Wayne Gacy was a fat clown that went to kids' birthday parties. So, you know, I mean, there's a... Sure, Ed Kemper, who is huge, but he actually is brilliant. He's well, a scary dude. Well, here's what pissed me off. I mean, this is a big jump ahead, but like Ramirez, he looked like shit. He had rotten teeth, horrible mm -hmm. hair. He was a fucking Skid Row vagrant. But no, my tax dollars hard at work here. Well, California tax dollars. When he's in court, he, you know, he's eating now. So he gains a little weight. They get his teeth fixed, gets his hair coat. Looks like Mexican John Travolta when he's on trial. You know, I mean, that that pissed me off. They cleaned this guy up, made him. He ended up getting women in prison. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't understand why he gets to have his teeth fixed when there's people out there who don't even have health care who are not killing people and they can't get their teeth fixed. It costs almost a thousand dollars a tooth to get capped. Yeah, I know this for a fact because I've got some. <laughs> the only thing he had going for him was cheekbones. Well, and that sweet homemade pentagram on his hand. Oh yeah, very cool. I mean, and <laughs> you know, I remember that when they tried to blame him because this was Satanic Panic, and you know, the Night Stalker. That's all. Everybody's like, "Yeah, he named himself after the ACDC song." It was like. Actually, he didn't name himself. The, the media named him that. Yeah, and he had two other names before that. So that's just what they settled on. Well, it sounds cooler. Like, 
Like, like if you're watching the news, it's like the Valley Intruder is broken. And it's like the Night Stalker has struck again. That sounds so more ominous. Oh, totally. And again, it was all sensational. Oh, I remember being a kid uh, and seeing the news because he made the local news would even cover him. You know, it's like he struck again this time, you know, because the dude was like, well, actually, there was a pattern to his killings. If you were too stupid to lock your window, he came in it. Well, that's true. Do you but leave back your... then? People didn't lock shit. They didn't lock their doors. They left their windows open. You know, especially in California, we've got Ramirez, we've got the Golden State Killer, all operating in the same place and not getting caught. You know, it was crazy. What were the Guardian Angels doing? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they must have been all, taking time off. I thought they were supposed real. to patrol the streets. Yeah, because, I mean, there was a lot of active serial killers at that time, and even that time in general, just across the country. You could just nab a kid, drive across the state line, and call it a day, you know? Now, you lock your doors and windows, right? Yep. I'm willing to bet they're locked right now, and it's the morning. Yeah, and I'm in a small town in the Midwest. I'll tell you what, if there was a serial killer like that operating in our area, it'd be like, all right, hun, you go to bed for a few hours i'm gonna stay in the living room with my gun and then after that i'm gonna go to bed and you're gonna take watch with a gun and if anybody so much as walks past the neighborhood shoot them right yeah it's it's wild it's well and you know there's a serial killer on the loose you can leave the garage open don't bother locking the patio let's just leave it open for him yeah and not just one like a lot of people operating in this time you know I liked how the documentary said how L.A. was such a weird place because you had the glamour and the famous people, but then you had the Cecil Hotel and Skid Row and people like Ramirez crawling about. You know, it's just such a disparagement. And And there's like two sides of a coin, you know, in this city. Because this guy wasn't like some slick dude that was picking locks like Batman in that. It was just... uh, there's an open window. I'll go in and kill somebody. You know, I mean, so there was kind of a pattern. So see if anybody would have been thinking back then, it would be like, here's how we stop him. Lock your shit. He'd have found a way, though. This guy, I mean, he's a spree killer. So that's so different than how other serial killers seem to operate. Yeah, he, was just, he would hit it a was couple opportunity. Of sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it was pure opportunity. Oh, that garage is open. I'm going in there. I can get in this window. Um, you know, whatever, because he killed, what, 14 people within the span of a year, May to August. I mean, there was no cooling down period, no M.O., except for taking advantage of whatever was available. He, he didn't would... even have his own weapon half the time. He found something in their house. Well, what, but here's the other thing I don't get. Like, every time he would kill people, he would rob them. Okay, that's smart. You got to be pawning this shit. Yeah. Let's send the police to the pawn st- shops. Somebody had to know something long before they figured it out. I'll never believe that. I just think it took them a long time to connect it, probably because it was such a crime-ridden place. Well, when your only thing to go on is, he's wearing a size 11 shoe, Aviva, that's not exactly a lot to go on. Like, oh, it's the same shoe print. You know, that's, uh, the shoe print ain't DNA. You know, it still ain't. It's, It's the print of a shoe. Right, but I did think, actually, that it was interesting, uh, that one forensics guy who's like, I called the maker of the shoe, only five were sold, and only one in California. 
and he got like a list of everybody who had purchased them. That's such old school police work. And there's something just really gratifying about watching people do that kind of stuff. Like he went and visited the shoemaker. <laughs> who would think to do that? You know, but how lucky was this fucker? He still didn't get caught. I remember they figured, okay, this guy's got rotten teeth. We're going to station ourselves at the dentist office after a few weeks. Well, we're not going to be here anymore. He comes in an hour later. Oh, I know. That was so frustrating because did they say they put an alarm and it was supposed to go off when he came in, but it yeah. didn't work. Now, well, it didn't work. Pick up the freaking phone. Now, did this guy really? Now, this is, and I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those weirdos, but as he got pulled over by the cops once and he put a little pentagram on the thing and just ran away. And I just mean, ran away, yeah. Did this guy really have some deal with the devil? God, I don't know. He sure thought he did. If I was as lucky as him, I'd be gambling. Yeah, for real. Just to keep getting away with it. I'd be playing cards, not killing people. It's like, dude, it's as it's, it's dumb luck as you are, go hit a casino. Right. I, because he's, he wasn't taking that much from the homes. And I don't know. I mean, I don't think the burglary, burglary was the driving force for him. But hadn't he been kind of a petty theft before he started... Yeah, it was like, yeah, just like little robberies and that. Then all at once, he just graduated into full-blown fucking, I'm going to kill you and cut out your eyes. And he'd paint pentagrams on the walls in blood. And, I mean, it was some nasty, uh, you know, I mean, there was no crime scenes like that back in the day. Yeah, and actually, you know what pisses me off about the pentagram? Okay, so a pentagram, five-sided star. Pentacle has the circle, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a Wiccan symbol. Of the five elements, spirit, air, earth, fire, water, and then the circle is the universe. So it's supposed to be a peaceful symbol. He doesn't even know what he's doing. Well, isn't it if the pentagrams aim down, that's supposed to protect you from forces, right? Yeah. Yes, he's supernatural. I learn things. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just like, whatever, dude. You're not a Satanist. No, he will. It... Because you draw pentagrams on things. No, that's, you know, he could have. You know, that was big, though, the pentagram. That was all from the heavy metal albums. Totally. That was an aesthetic. It wasn't a lifestyle. That was satanic you know, panic at its best. Satanic panic. And he knew that. He knew it got people going. But now, do you think he was actually, like, living out any, you know, satanic principle? I mean, obviously, he's killing people. But I think that was a whole different thing. He was just a uh, nutbag. He wasn't going to, like, the church of Anton LaVey or anything like that. No, he wasn't a quote-unquote true Satanist, which, you know, cut Satan some fucking slack. The guy was framed. Um, you know, I just think Satanists are ridiculous. Now, the Church of Satan I love because they're actually an atheist group who's out there doing the Lord's work. Um, like making sure that we keep the separation of church and state. This guy was just some... And I like, I was like, and, and I remember that was one of the things when they found him, oh, he listened into ACDC and Megadeth. It was like, if you were into that hair metal, that, uh, which I always thought it was fucking noise, but that's what you listened to back then. You know, you listened to this fucking noise. That, and, yeah. And these singers ACDC. were smart enough, you know, they, they, they weren't evil, but ACDC is off the back of a goddamn speaker. It don't mean nothing. No. And like the guys wearing shorts and playing a guitar. I mean, it's stupid. How how many records did ACDC sell? And how many of those people turned into Satanists and killed people? This guy. Or I mean... <laughs> Motley Crue, you know? remember they had the pentagram on their uh, on the album with the little face mask things. And it was like, there's some hardcore evil guys. It's like, it's a bunch of guys in leather pants wearing makeup with teased and permed hair. There's yeah. nothing about this that says intimidating to me. 
No, not for a second. You know, they're sitting backstage probably drinking tea. Reminds me of like Wayne's World where they meet Alice Cooper in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, actually, it's Algonquin for blah, blah, blah. You know, and he's like this totally nice guy. Well, and that's <laughs> when everybody flipped out on Marilyn Manson, you know, like, oh, what a Satanist was like. He just took Alice Cooper's gimmick to this generation. There's, there's, he's probably a pile of shit human being, but there's nothing I mean, weird totally about him is. either. He's just a guy that figured out on how to cash in a gimmick. And all that stuff is, is a gimmick. It's all a gimmick. It's all an aesthetic. You know, it's like those of us who painted our nails black and were, you know, chokers from Hot Topic. You know, we were so goth or whatever. Um, we didn't know the first thing about anything <laughs> related to Satan. You know, it's just a. It's a personality to try on to try to find your people, right? Well, it was like when everybody's like, well, goth isn't a trend anymore. It's like, because Hot Topic stopped selling the clothes. Yeah, now they're emo, I think. Or maybe something else. I don't know. I was a punk rocker, you know? I mean, it just, everything is a different fad. That's that's yeah. all it is. Exactly. It doesn't, it's meaningless. So his whole pentagram thing is just so silly to me, and I hate it. And then the one thing he said in church, like one of the art church, oh my God, the one thing he said in court, like the only thing he's just like, hail Satan, like that. And that's what he's known for. That's the clip that always gets shown. Yes. And all he did was say, hail Satan. I mean, my friends and I say that before we sit down to a big dinner. It doesn't mean anything. And that's the joke is that it doesn't mean anything. So yeah, he's dumb. Now, how, how did, tell me a little bit about him because you have a prettier voice than me. Thanks. Um, okay, so here's what I think. This is my own personal opinion. I'm not a psychologist. I think he was made, not born. That yeah, because his brother did a whole lot of weird shit around him. Yes, and so maybe the underlying psychology was there, but I always think it's interesting, like spree killers, process killers. I like to think about the different kind of killers. And then there's a certain name for it, but I can't remember. But, you know, like the bedwetting, hurting animals, violence in youth and head injuries that makes serial killer. It's basically a recipe, right? Uh, the recipe was right for this guy to end up being a serial killer. And so had he had a loving home, maybe he had some psychopathic tendencies. But I think everything that happened is what turned him into a killer. Yeah, and he was, I mean, I mean, he didn't have a job. You know, he was, he was just. I mean, he really was. He was a skid row vagrant. That's really what he was. Yeah. And so, okay, you know, he's known for his satanic imagery, whatever, lame. He was physically abused by his father. So there's one. He would sleep in the cemetery to get peace and quiet and be safe from his father as a child. You know? So then he had this uncle that was really fucked up. And he was heavily influenced by him. So his name was Miguel. He went by Mike Ramirez. And he was a Green Beret in Vietnam, and he would boast of all the abuse he would do in combat. And he would show Ramirez, like, he showed him a picture of a woman that he had raped and beheaded in Vietnam. So we've got the sex and violence already coming together. And then we've got the violence from his dad. And then he's got this uncle that he really looks up to that would brag about hurting women and abusing women in a vulnerable war situation, right? So it's already really fucked up. Yeah, and he was, so, and you know, his dad was probably beating his ass, like listening to that damn Motley Crue and Wasp music in my house. That's probably what his dad was doing. Yeah, because he loves ACDC like a total tool. Um, so, like this uncle taught him how to kill using stealth. Which um, is something that nowadays you can learn playing a video game. Yeah, but he has this uncle who's actually done it, 
showing him pictures and telling him about it and glorifying it. And then this uncle got into a domestic dispute with his wife, Jessie, and shot her in the face, which Ramirez was there to witness. So all he knows of relationships at this point is abuse. He doesn't know what a loving relationship looks like. Now, did his uh, uncle, did he go, go to jail for shooting that lady and killing her? Because I've never really found out more about him. I would hope he did. I don't know if he did. To be honest. It was kind of like they mentioned that, they talk about it, and then you don't hear about it anymore. I would, I would think he did. There's clearly enough people that have published that he murdered the woman. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I've been saying uncle. This was a cousin. Cousin. My bad. Yeah. Cousin. Yeah, but he's showing him polaroids so real pictures that he or others took of these women that they're raping um so he gives richie marijuana at like the age of 10 they're telling going war stories this cousin's teaching him all this stuff like this cousin is a messed up dude and where are the parents during all this <laughs> right well he's sleeping in the cemetery to stay away from him i don't know much about the mom but the dad is not a good dude um but so, so then after you that's when you fall into the category of, like, do you want to grow up to be a piece of shit like this guy, or do you want to better yourself? Unfortunately, most people just grow up to be the piece of shit. Well, I think so. In a dysfunctional family, it just seems to be generational. Um, because then, after his cousin Mike shoots Jesse, he must go away. Because later that year, Ramirez moves in with his sister Ruth and her husband. Her husband's name is Roberto, and he's a peeping Tom. And so he starts taking Ramirez out on these, like, nocturnal exploits. You know, they're going out and peeping on women. So, again, every man in his life is abusive toward women, abusive toward him, and they're rapists and peeping Toms. So now, this, is know, his, now, this is his family example. Now, the peeping Tom is getting a bad publicity. Or let's not forget the beloved George McFly was a peeping Tom as well. <laughs> True. On his own mom, right? Weird. Yeah, That's a weird that, movie. that movie has a lot of elements <laughs> I don't agree with, but... Uh, no, Peeping Tom is basically somebody that's, I mean, they're, they're to me, one of the lower forms of a pervert because you're watching. You're not even trying to get a hooker. I've said it a hundred times. Just get a hooker. Don't do anything illegal. Well, not that a hooker's legal, but don't attack someone or stare at them. Just pay $20. Right. And this is my time to take up my soapbox, legalize prostitution and protect sex workers. Sex work is work. Okay. You, uh, you could tax the shit out of it. Absolutely. And those women are the least dead, right? Who disappears and nobody cares? Sex workers. Look at, like, Piggy Picton, that guy in Canada who's killing all the prostitutes and nobody gave a shit. Yeah. Uh, the green you know, killer. Yeah. So I just think if they criminalized it, they could have benefits. They could have better health care. They would be better taken care of. And a lot of sex workers come from abuse and exploitation. So... Why are you criminalizing the ones performing it and not the Johns? What's, I don't understand it. What's the legal one? In, I think it's in Vegas. Is that the cat house or whatever? Oh, yeah. It's like a big ranch. Yeah. And, legal. And, and that's yeah. not like 20 bucks. That's like, hey, a grand. So that even proves the amount of money you could really make on it. Exactly. And they have to get you know tested for STDs. They take care of those women. They don't let the men hurt them. Like I think it needs to be decriminalized so that we can better take care of these people who are in the sex work. Um, you watched South my Park. Stance. Mm -hmm. Did you see when Butters was a pimp? <laughs> yes. That's like my Butters bottom bitch for anyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> He's just getting girls to give kisses and hugs on the playgrounds and 
You know, yep. he wears a gold chain. Do you know what I am saying? You know, that if, if you want a, a, a real good, funny laugh, fans watch Butter's Bottom Bitch. I don't know what the season is, but that's one of my favorite episodes. And it's why I named one of my dogs Butters. Do you remember when Cartman kills Butter's parents and feeds it to <laughs> No, that was Scott Tennerman that he killed. It was his parents that he killed. Oh, was, I thought it was Butter's. No, it wasn't I don't Butter's. Know. Butter's parents, Butter's mom tried to murder him once by putting him in the car and driving it into the lake. Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm totally off on that, but, like, that scene has always stuck with me. God, Cartman, Cartman is such a little psychopath. Um, How's that so, chili taste? Is it salty like their tears? Uh, it's so creepy. <laughs> Okay, so Mike, the cousin, not the uncle, the cousin, um, was found guilty, not guilty, of his wife's murder. Reason of insanity, released in 1977 after four years of incarceration at a mental hospital. So. A bullshit defense, like I've stated. Yep. If you know what you're doing, you're not insane. Exactly. But look at all the men in his life. Look at his family. So then... He starts taking LSD and getting into Satanism. So now you've got these hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic drugs. You've got the violence. You've got the sex. You've got the quote-unquote Satanism. It's all coming together. So he gets a job in high school at a hotel. And this is where his first major crime happens. Like, he's robbing these people, taking shit out of their rooms. But he goes in to rape a woman, and the husband catches him and beats the ever-loving shit out of him. But there are no charges. At this point, he drops out. He's like 15. He's in ninth grade or something, and he goes to L.A. So that is kind of the backstory of this guy. I wonder why I went to L.A. He wasn't going to be an actor. And, and the other thing I want to mention about this guy is, even though he was this uh, big, tough guy, serial killer, he wasn't a big, tough guy. He was scrawny. Uh, he lived borderline emaciated. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if he would have not got the drop on an average guy, he would have pr- probably gotten the living shit beat out of him and killed. Well, and that's the thing, like, several of these, if he doesn't take the husband out right away, they beat the shit out of him. He's caught by getting the shit beat out of him by average citizens, and even his first crime as a teenager, the husband catches him and beats the shit out of him. So, unless he can get to that guy and shoot him dead first, he can't even take these guys. Yeah, you think his cousin would have, well, instead of training him stealth kills, maybe could have just taught him uh, basic self-defense. Totally, because honestly, he has to go after the vulnerable. Children old women, old men, because he knows he can't even deal with, you know, a victim closer to his age or an average man, which I think is like, what a pussy. Yeah, I mean, because in, in this, this, he was, like I say, he's not, not a big guy by any means, just some scrawny. But yeah, I mean, he got kids. A lot of the people he, most of the people he raped and assaulted, they were old. I mean, he got oh, some like young 70s, too, 80s. Getting, yeah, and, and that... You know, I mean, that brings up a weird thing is how do you even, well, I'm assuming he was more excited by the act as opposed to the person. Sure. It's about power and it's about fear. He liked to see the fear in people's eyes. That's why even, even though it made it more dangerous for him, as far as getting caught, he would wait until he was close to them before shooting them because he wanted to see it. Right. He's a psychopath. And I just put this together. Two of the women he attacked were also disabled and elderly. That's how much of a pussy this guy is. He goes after old, disabled, and children. Fuck you, man. And then the kids he would, like, pick up and then just drop them off somewhere else. Yeah. It was creepy. Like that it was woman. really weird. And he, he he didn't, like, always hurt them either, did he? Didn't he sometimes just grab them and take them someplace else? 
Yeah, I think so. I don't know if he just realized, like, this is not the right time or the right person. It seems like, again, everything is just a crime of opportunity. He has not, you know, stopped these people, learned their ways in their home, like like the other serial killer did, um, the Golden State Killer. You know, he had certain victims. He had an MO. He stalked them for a long time to figure out how to get in their house and know their routine. This guy just went in. Oh, cool. Here's a hammer. I guess I'm going to murder these people now. So yeah. it just seems like it had to feel right, maybe? Like the first person. He, well, we don't really know. the. I'm sure, he, in all honesty, and I think they've said, he's probably killed about 20 people before he became the Night Stalker. But, you know, probably. his first victim, Jenny uh, Vincow, 79 years old. That's his first one. He got her in an apartment, stabbed her. They, I guess he, like, slit her, her throat so bad, like her head was half hanging off. Yeah, well, actually, there was one before her. In 84, he murdered a nine-year-old girl. Well, but he wasn't the Night Stalker then, so does it count? Well, I think he becomes the Night Stalker, so he's got to start somewhere, right? And you, like, once this... again, you can thank the media for the name. He didn't come. He didn't write like a note like, you know, this is the Zodiac speaking. He didn't write like Night Stalker was here. The media gave him that name. It, it had nothing to do with his evilness or ACDC. A news crew gave him the name. Yeah, so I think we have to go back to like, you know, in high school, as a teenager, he's already starting to have great fantasies and try to act them out. That's really young to be already on to, like, sophisticated crime. Yeah. And not just a petty crime. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he didn't get away with it because the husband beat the crap out of him. But then, in 84, he takes a nine-year-old girl into a basement in a hotel in the Tenderloin District. So he's in San Francisco. He rapes her, beats her, stabs her, and hangs her from a pipe. And got away with it. And, got, and that was his first kill. That's a lot for a first kill. Yeah, and that's and because the, the one thing I'll give the guy, and please don't think I'm being complimentary, he had balls. Like when he yeah. would go in there, to, well, he didn't, he didn't. I mean, he 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 targeted, like you said, people that were weak. But uh, when he got in there, he didn't go in and kill you and run out the door. He'd stay there the night. He'd eat their food. Yeah, he'd have a sandwich. He'd watch TV. He'd go back yeah. and beat you some more, maybe rape you after you were dead. I mean, he... uh. Yeah, he'd eat a fucking banana in one house. He ate so much of their food, he threw up on their carpet. Yeah, and then, like... And if there had been proper forensics, you've got the guy's vomit. Well, what an first, idiot. And the first Night touched, Stalker murder, they found his fingerprint. Yeah, and his shoe print, and he's got... They said he didn't leave, like, fingerprints all over the place, so he must have worn gloves, but if he's drinking cans of their beer or soda, you've got DNA. Oh, yeah, because your mouth is all over it. Yeah, so I don't know... I don't know. Unless he know, took the cans with him to recycle. Maybe he was like a friend of the earth, but not a friend of people. He was, he either really did have a pact with the devil, like in American Horror Story, 1984. Great show that he's <laughs> one of the stars in. Well, someone portraying him. Or he really was the luckiest son of a bitch walking the face of God's green earth. Because in today, he'd be caught murder one. Absolutely, he would. And I think, too, like, you know, when I listen to all these crime stories, 70s, 80s, 90s were just wild times. You get you away with do, everything. You could get away with anything. You didn't have a digital footprint. They didn't have DNA. I mean, it was just, you could do anything. You could snatch a kid off the street, and he did. I mean, so yeah, so then he kills next after a 9-year-old girl, a 79-year-old woman. So you go from a young child, so he's a pedophile, but then he's also raping elderly women. It's like he has no M.O. 
no weapon, no age, no gender. He doesn't care. Yeah, because he would, I mean, he basically, like you said, he was killing him with shit that he found half the time in their apartment. Maybe he'll beat you with a candlestick. He'll stab you with the kitchen knife. He had a gun, yeah. you know, shoot you with a gun, but uh, he was all over the place. And he might hit hit this neighborhood today, and then he mm-hmm. might hit a completely another neighborhood later that night. And then, yeah, he, it was, he was scattered. It was just thrill kills, just random. Yeah, and that's, I hate spree killers. Spree killers annoy the shit out of me. Uh, Hopped on the freeway and just went wherever. Yeah, and, like, people hitchhiked like crazy. Every single story I listened to that took place in, like, the 70s, I'm like, girl, don't get in that truck. Stop hitchhiking, <laughs> you know? I mean, Pe- yeah, people just did whatever. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I would never pick up a hitchhiker. No, but that was so, so common. Like, that's how people got around in the 70s. It's just wild to think of doing something like that now. It's just, um, I, I, I still say somebody had to have seen this guy. I mean, because the wanted poster, they, it wasn't like everybody's like, oh, it was a terrible wanted poster. It's like, no, that composite sketch was pretty accurate. He was a sunken eyed, scrawny, gaggly haired, fucked up teeth. He was, that picture was kind of, granted, they always kind of, I think, make those mugshot drawings to be a little chilling for the news, but it was pretty accurate. I mean, it wasn't like he was, he had a, definitely had a unique look about him. Oh, yeah. Like I said, the cheekbones, he had a distinct face. You know, he wasn't just, like, your random white guy who all looked the same. Uh, he had a very interesting face. I won't say attractive, but interesting, maybe? Because uh, a lot of times when it's, like, like a Ted Bundy, brown hair, blue eyes, average-looking white dude. Okay, that could be anybody. Yeah. It's like yeah. when you watch the news here. We're looking for a, a killer. He's white, weighs between 175 and 200 pounds. I'm like, oh, great. It was my husband. He yeah, did it. <laughs> so, I saw that guy. I know I saw that guy. Yeah. So anyway, so, okay, June of 84. So so to me, I think process killers are more interesting because I like the psychology, right? Like, why this kind of victim? Why this particular weapon? You know, they have an MO. This guy is all over the damn place, and it's confusing and scary because – like you said, he could hit anybody, anytime, crime of opportunity. You left your garage open, didn't even think about it, you're dead. But then you he took your... nine months off. Yeah, but that's still not much of a cool-down period for 15 victims in a year. Well, it, but if I you mean, think about it, did he take nine months off, or did he probably kill not. 37 more people that you just you, you didn't know? Or that they didn't connect it to that town, you know? He could like, have just killed a random homeless guy. Because kind of like how, like, hospitals now, you know, share records. But, like, police departments and stuff, they didn't share jurisdiction or share information. No. They could have just, you know, because it was still kind of unsophisticated how they caught criminals back then. Which you got to give credit for good policing when it happens because they did not have it easy. They didn't have DNA. They could just be like, okay, it's this guy. Uh, yeah, now they would have had him within. The, the thing, though, that... The fingerprint. How did they not... Have, this guy had already done enough petty crimes. They had to have his fingerprint on file somewhere. He had to be. Well, I'm trying to think. He got away with the nine-year-old. He got away... He got no charges in the attempted rape as a teen, which would have been probably sealed anyway. Had he been caught for anything before that? Yeah, I guess not. But you would think, though, even if he didn't get charged, if he was still taken out of the precinct, they still would have fingerprinted him. You would think. Yeah, I don't know. See... But I bet you they didn't have 
an international, or not international, but like a national fingerprint registry. No, you would have had to have gone through the old books. Mm-hmm. So unless you thought to tie them together, you didn't just like put the name in the computer and get your hit like you would now. And I guess, too, if you think about it, I mean, this is L.A., not singling them out. You know, a lot of murders happen there. Ah, oh, they found this lady dead. It probably wasn't a big deal till they started noticing, oh, shit, we got yeah. 15 people dead here in a, in a couple months. This is one guy. Exactly. And in that documentary, it looked like it was there was an officer who was saying, this is one guy. And the other ones were like, no, these crimes aren't the same. The victims aren't the same. I mean, that was pretty clever to put it together. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to give credit there. But also the LAPD back then, I can't give them too much credit. <laughs> I've heard too many tri- true crime stories where I'm like, what the hell is LAPD doing? Well, they, in their defense, they were busy. I mean, yeah, a lot of crime. A lot of crime in L.A. I mean, a lot of crime in LA. all you got to do is hope they go to Skid Row and then get uh, tuberculosis or polio or whatever the conspiracy theory was for the... Oh, yeah, with Elisa Lamb. Yeah. To me, the weirdest thing about that case was that polio vaccine named Lamb Elisa and then... Or not the polio, the tuberculosis, and then they had that breakout right after he had been there. Yeah. That, to me, was the most interesting, like, you know, kind of thing. I'll say it again. I can sum it up in one word. Ecstasy. Totally. I think the hotel has some culpability, and I think oh, they yeah. covered it up, but I don't think she was murdered. Fuck, no, she was high as a kite. I watched that video. I mean, she was hot. You watched by her hands. It was like, the door didn't close. She hit every fucking button. She hit the one that said, leave door open. Yeah, and she's looking, I think, to see, is somebody coming? Does somebody push the button? Why isn't this closing? She's she couldn't figure out. Yeah, and like the weird hand movements. She looks like she's hallucinating somebody. Uh, there's nothing supernatural there. It just looks creepy because it's slowed down. So it looks more unnatural. Then I think somebody from the hotel, maybe they sold her some shit, or probably just got it from a resident there, and it was like, oh, shit, this lady's dead. Oh, man, business is going to get worse. Let's yeah, do so- that. You know, I don't think somebody from the hotel. I did like how the, the, my favorite thing about all these, like, quote-unquote armchair detectives, it's like, well, I did a lot of research on this case. At the time, they all had one thing in common. At the time, I was unemployed. It was like, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. you had nothing better to do. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, and two, they have dead bodies there all the time, but they were vagrants. So nobody gave a shit, right? Yeah. They were people who had been living there for $2 a month, you know, drug addicts and whatnot. But this was high profile. And so they knew it was going to draw bad attention. I like their idea. The first three levels of this hotel is going to be high class. That's where we're going to get all the real regular people. <laughs> the Skid Row vagrants for a dollar a night are going to be above them, but they'll all share the same elevator and lobby. It was like, yeah, this is a good plan. This is safe. That crazy stay there. That hotel manager. There was something weird about her. It's in the eyes, man. Would you stay there? Hell no. If your review ain't four and a half out of five stars, I'm not going there. Right. If it's four out of five people die who stay here, go there. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm a very I'm very snobbish when it comes to my hotel stayings when I'm out of town. Yeah, we don't even do hotels anymore. We do um what am I trying to say? Bed and breakfast. Kind of. What's the other one? Oh my gosh, I've gone brain dead. Anyway, Airbnb, we do that. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of really good stays. I like to okay. stay on site at, like, you know, 
resorts and stuff. I don't, you know, where my door is uh, automatically locked. <laughs> yeah. Although so much bad shit happens in hotels. I think they have bad vibes. People go there to commit suicide and like all kinds of bad things. So I prefer an Airbnb. Oh, well, there you go. All right. So back to Jenny. She's stabbed, her throat slashed, as you said, nearly decapitated from it, and they found a fingerprint on the mesh screen. So this is what? Third third crime? Second murder? Yeah, second of Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we go March 85, a 22-year-old. She survives Maria Hernandez. Um, so this is the one where he goes to shoot her, and she puts her hand up, and it ricochets off her keys. That's some grace of God shit right there. That is some serious, like, in a movie, you forget somebody put something in their breast pocket and they get saved later. You know, like, that's that kind of shit. It's Pulp Fiction, where you open the briefcase and the bullets all miss you. Yeah. Divine and that intervention. Was the, seriously, if Satan was on Ramirez's side, somebody else was on this woman's side because she totally survived it. I can't believe it. Um, but her roommate did not. Okazaki. So her roommate goes to hide after hearing the gunshot. And when her roommate pops up to see if the person's gone, he gets shot in the face. Yeah, he was waiting for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then within the hour, he goes on to another crime. I mean, yeah. this guy is on a spree. He goes and does another home invasion of a 30-year-old named Veronica Yu, um, and she's shot and killed. And this is where they start calling him the walk-in killer because he just walks on in. And that's, a, that's you know, that's lazy. Yeah, it's dumb. You know, it, it's got to... It, it, the way the media is here in the States, in case anyone's listening uh, from not America here or our country, we glory, we, you've got to make it, you know, the walk-in killer, eh, it doesn't sound right, you know, or that the Valley Intruder, eh, you, I mean, you've got to really drive it home to where this is a horror movie title and you're next. Yeah, like, wasn't Golden State Killer called the Hillside Strangler for a while? Yeah, that, I mean, and then, oh, another one up in Canada, he had like seven names before they could decide on it. Yeah, it gets very confusing. Pick one and stick with it. Yeah, or just, like, at least to to the Zodiac Killer's credit, he named himself. Yes, and he had cool ciphers. He, he copy-wrote that shit. And he's possibly, he's Ted Cruz, so who knows. He, uh, he's probably still, he could still be alive, we don't know. I mean, yeah, he could be. They recently cracked a cipher, though. I know, how cool is that? That's so cool. It's been how many years? Oh 40 years, God. 30 years, I don't even know. Somebody when did he operate? Was him? he in the 50s and 60s, or was 60s, he later? 70s, because I know okay. Dirty, Dirty Harry stopped a version of him in the first Dirty Harry movie. Gotcha. Okay, so this guy has two murders and one attempt on the same day. And then March of 85, still, same month, he goes on to shoot a 64-year-old man, Vincent Charles Cesara. Cesara, that's how I would take it. Yeah, that's a cool name. And then his wife, Maxine, who is 44, is beaten and bound. Um, and he is, so he binds her, and then he attempts to burglarize. He's like, tell me where all your shit is. As he's doing that, she actually escapes her binds and grabs a shotgun. But it's not loaded. Uh, you Can you just hit him with it. I know, but could you imagine that, like, stomach drop the second you realize... It's not loaded. And what I heard on a podcast, I think, I don't think I read it, was that their grandchildren had been visiting, so he was trying to be a responsible grandpa, and he unloaded the gun. It was just bad timing. No, I'm not a, I mean, I have an ungodly amount of weapons, but I've covered before, I'm not much of a gun guy. 
But if I owned a gun for protection, you're going to bet your sweet ass it's loaded. Well, that's the thing. People who tell me guns in the home are safe when you have kids because you've locked up the ammo somewhere else from where you've locked up the gun. How is it for home protection then? Are you going to be like, hold up, man. Let me get my keys. Let me load my gun. It doesn't make any sense to me. My wife had some scaggly ass friend and her, uh, her dumb ass husband was a gun guy. And he was like, right here, I keep the gun in the bedroom, but it's not loaded. I was like, where's your bullets? They're in the other room, but you need the fingerprint. It was like, so yeah, when somebody breaks in, you're going to go, hold on there, Mr. Burglar. I got to go to the other room to get my clip. Hold up, Ramirez. I got to get my gun out. I got to find my bullets. Yeah. Why why have the gun? Just keep a bat by you or something. Yeah, because that's how people justify it is, well, I keep it safe. Well, then it's not doing home protection, so you're full of shit. You gotta and do it, like Bruce Willis in the in the Death Wish remake and have that table that when you kick it, there's a big AK underneath it. Look, you gotta exactly. Go, you gotta go all out. You gotta have that. You got to. Hidden. I mean, or just have a plan, man. Have some scissors by your bed. I don't know, do something because I don't even think I could shoot a gun under duress because you know it takes some skill. But I sure as hell could grab something and whack somebody over the head. You know, what's really weird is if, and I've shot guns with like the Terminator gimmick, you know, the laser point, mm-hmm. can't hit dick with it. I oh, can take no. a knife and 30 feet away, I can hit the target dead on. Yeah, I can hit you with a wine bottle. Granted, I'll have to be closer to you than I'd like to be, but I've played laser tag and I'm going to die because I came in dead last. So yeah. I, guns aren't for me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a knife man. I am not a gun man. I couldn't, I couldn't, if you were standing in front of me and I had six bullets, they're probably all going to miss you. Yeah, and this poor woman, she had a gun, she tried, wasn't loaded, she's dead. So he grabs it, and then he mutilates her. This is the one where he gouges out her eyes and puts them in a jewelry box. Yeah, that is just so creepy. That is so creepy, and I think it's something with her seeing him. Because there's another one later where the woman, like, sees him, and he says, don't look at me or I'll gouge your eyes out. So there's some... Maybe they didn't have enough fear in their eyes for him. There's something with the way those women looked at him that he did not like. And the, but see, but the cutting out the eyes and all that, everybody's like, I wonder what it symbolizes. It's like it symbolizes the guy's fucking nuts. Yeah, there's not much other meaning to that. He's insane. No. He's insane, and there's something that made him think that's what needed to be done because of the situation. He was pissed. She got up on him. She got one up. She got out of her bounds. Her binds. She got her gun and was going to kill him. He didn't like it, so he mutilates her. You want, so, I guess my other question, when she got, and I guess you can't really think, you know, you're in a panic mode. Rather than go to try to find a gun, my ass would have went out the door. Oh, for sure. It's like in the movies when they always go back and look. You're like, no, don't go back. Just go. Don't but go. You don't know what goes through your mind when something like that's happening. I pray to God no one ever has to. Oh, I know. It's like when we run the scenarios at school for what we would do. I have no idea what I would actually do in a scary situation You'd freak for a out. lockdown. My, my goal is always to sit by the door with scissors. So if anybody comes through that door, the scissors are going in their neck before they can get to my students. That's my plan. I mean, it's not much of a plan, but it's a plan. It's something. It's something. I would stay as close as I could so that if anybody came through that door, I could just be physically close enough to, like, knock them down or whatever. Because if they're far away from you, they're going to shoot you. Yes. If you're up close. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I'm martial arts you know i can do gun disarms if you're 10 feet away from me I, the only thing i can do is try to duck and it's kind of hard to out duck too many bullets yeah up close i'm okay but yeah far away you're screwed 
Right. And like women for self-defense, they teach you, even though it's not instinctive, pull closer rather than farther away. Yeah. You got a better chance of getting the gun. Yeah. Stick your butt in their stomach and push back and step down on their kneecap, you know, whatever you got to do. But if you pull away, they get a stronger hold on your arm. But if you turn into them, they're not expecting that. And you can like headbutt them in the chin or whatever. So you got to get close. Or you just put their arm up and you say, look, we're going to ask Yahweh if you should kill me or not. And then, you know, the arm drops. And I mean, that's really all you got to hope for. That's it. Like, oh, not today, friend. Yep. Yahweh says no. Yep. You got to leave. You got to go find somebody else. Yeah, you got to go. But see, this guy, he doesn't care about Yahweh. I have to be like, Satan said not today. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he was all. And then it, he also used to tie people up with thumb cuffs, which is. Uh, yes, which is bizarre. Yeah, because if you thumb cuffed me, I think I'd be more pissed at you than anything. Yeah. I think so. I think that would irritate the shit out of me. It's like those little Chinese finger cuffs you would get as a kid. Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah. I remember in Family Guy when they got the Chinese finger cuffs stuck on their penises. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> that was like that one like. of my favorite cutaways of all time. Amazing. Okay, so this is where he leaves the bloody, bloody footprint in the flower beds because they had watered really heavily their flowers that day, and it just left a perfect one because I think this is the one where he goes to, like, open the window, so you've got to put forks up, so he pushed down with his foot and left, like, a perfect footprint. Yeah. Yeah. So then May of 85, so we got March, he's got crap load of murders. He took, uh, he took April off to recover. Yeah, evidently. Actually, I don't think he took it off. I think he just... Just killed, like I said, a vagrant or something like that that nobody put two and two together. Exactly. Or he was, you know, molesting people or you, you robbing. Kill... He, he wasn't not committing crime. And yeah. he wasn't making a plan because he doesn't get better at this. Like, No, but he got worse. No, usually. But see, I think spree killers devolve. They get so manic and they get closer together and they get sloppier. Whereas like other kinds of serial killers get better and they hone it and they wait, like, Dennis Rader, he took years off. Yeah. Yeah. A long time. Long time. Where it's like, you're kind of rehabilitated. Why did you start again? What? Is, what I don't even understand well, him. I hate Dennis like, Rader. You know, I, I haven't done it in 20 years, but I'm going to do it now, now that we have all this forensic technology. Got popped right the first one he came back to do. Yeah, what a dumbass. He was scot-free. He really he was. was. He never would have been caught. He had a loving family. Like, he had it going on, but that's what he gets. I'm glad he got caught. I'm not going to believe a guy kills four or five people in the span of a month and then takes 30 days on vacation. I'm not nope. going to buy that. Not a damn chance. And I think there was a woman in the documentary who said he took her somewhere, molested her. In a, like, he put her in a duffel bag. He told her to climb in it because yeah. she's a kid. Yeah. And then he just dumped her somewhere else. Like, But she lived. So he's probably doing crap like that in between. These are just strictly murders. Yeah, he was he he was doing nothing upstanding. He was staying at the Cecil Hotel. Maybe he got some people there. I mean, maybe he was recycling all of April because of his deal with the devil. Like, look, man, I'll start recycling, but I am going to kill people. Yeah, I got to turn in all these cans of the sodas that I drank at these people's houses. Yeah, I got to go get my nickels. So. Because he's got to be getting money from somewhere. That's why I said, if you're burglarizing, you're fencing stuff. Someone has to know something. Yeah. Or maybe he was at the Cecil just, you know, okay, I'm going to take a shower, lay low for a little bit, uh, do some drugs, probably hit a few strippers, whatever he's doing. It's no good. He's not like 
going to church for a month and kill people. No. He's so, a okay. weirdo. He is a weirdo. May of 85, Bill Doy, 66, disabled wife Lillian, 55. He comes in, shoots Bill, beats him, finds and rapes Lillian, and robs them. So, again, disabled old woman and an older man. Those the ones he took out with the hammer? Um, he shot the husband. I'm not sure if Lillian got the hammer. I don't think it's this one. No, I think it's, it's the, the one older after ladies. He got with it's the, the one after. That's the yeah. one where he actually takes the lipstick and draws the big pentagram. Yeah, so May of 85, again, like, this guy is like, boom, boom, boom. April, May, June, March, 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 May. Uh, he drives a stolen car, and he goes to Ma Bell's house. Ma Bell is 83, and her disabled sister Florence, who goes by Nettie, is 81. That's where he, so, took the, he, he just grabbed a random hammer from the house and just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, bludgeons the first woman, and then he binds her, and then he uses an electrical cord to shock her. So, like, now he's, like, torturing, too. He's not just killing her. And then he did um, some raping on an 81-year-old woman. Yeah, he rapes the 81-year-old sister, and then uses her lipstick to draw another pentacle, like an idiot, on her thigh and the walls. And these poor women lived for three days before they were found. Yeah, that's... Yeah, because he didn't, like... I mean, can you imagine that beating someone... Near, you basically you beat them, you you leave them there to die, to bleed out. But yeah, they were just yeah for days. Yeah, you'd almost rather you just been killed for some mercy. And while they're dying, the next day he's driving to get somebody else. The very next fucking day, Carol Kyle, forty-two, binds her eleven-year-old son. He binds. He rapes the woman repeatedly and says, "Don't look at me, or I will cut your eyes out." And then after he takes the son out of the closet and binds mother and son together with handcuffs, then he flees. Yeah, so he didn't he kill lets, these two. He didn't kill these two. He did but some see, raping. Yeah, but she's 42. I don't know. Maybe the, she wasn't vulnerable enough. And the kid's 11. He's, you know, about to hit puberty. He could have put up a fight. Yeah. Because he didn't thumb cuff the 11-year-old. He actually used handcuffs on him. Exactly, and put him in the closet. Yeah, he, he wasn't taking a chance. No, and there's also a parallel here, I think, to his own childhood, where now this child has witnessed sexual abuse the way he did. I don't know. I would have been in court and tried to kill this guy if I was that 11-year-old. Any of these people that survived, how bad do you think they wanted to kill him? Oh, I want to kill him, and he didn't do anything to me. That mob should have killed him. For sure. The I'm cops actually surprised they, they didn't. When the cops came, it should have been like, oh... We're going to go have a coffee. We'll be right back. Yeah. What shit? Oh, look over there. I'll give you guys 10 minutes. What's that? Yeah. I would have been like, do what you got to do. It was like when Dahmer was in prison. Like, yeah, we found him dead in a bathroom. He was cleaning unattended. It's like, good for him. Weird. <laughs> yeah. That's how you take care of things. Exactly right. So then after this poor woman, July of 85, Mary Louise Cannon, a 75-year-old widowed grandmother, bludgeoned with her own lamp and stabbed with her own 10-inch knife. Disgusting. So, so disgusting. He is just completely out of control. And he, it, what, a couple days later, he's at it again. Yeah. So then, the night of July 2nd, 85. Oh, yeah. That, this is her. Okay. 10-inch kitchen knife. She actually dies. Then, oh, this one was horrible. The 16-year-old with the tire iron. Yeah, but that's when he thought Jesus was like, motherfucker, I'm coming for you now. Because he freaked mm-hmm. out. 
Yeah. And, you know, this guy had several head injuries before the age of six. Um, and I guess they call it temporal lobe epilepsy. So I truly think the sex and violence that he witnessed and the two head injuries is what did this guy in. Me? I don't know. I don't know. Was he a born psychopath? They said he had schizoid personality disorder. There's medicine which, for that. Right. Because that is not an excuse. That doesn't mean you're crazy. It means you have a personality disorder. And they're very different things. Because a personality disorder like psychopathy will not get you an insanity defense. So I'm not saying that he should get off because of that. Um, but it did give him a complete indifference toward his victims. But yeah, this girl here that he went after, this 16 year old, beats her with the tire iron, you know, but when he goes to choke her out with the electrical cord, he thinks it's sparks and the girl's still breathing. So he thinks like Jesus is now like, I'm, I'm on to you. And he just yep. like runs out. But I've had stitches, you know, you get five, 10, 15 stitches. That's a lot. This girl had 478 stitches. He beat her so bad in the head. How she survived is beyond me. I don't know, man. I had seven stitches above my eye and thought I was dying. I can't... 478? Her whole head must have been cracked open. And I, I don't know. Is she, like, normal? Is she right in the head? Or did that, like, actually mess her up? I don't know if she had brain damage or not. Because he also tried to choke her, right? Which you could lose oxygen yeah, for a while. The, yeah, it was the cord. And then when it sparked, that's when he thought God was after him. Yeah. Which, okay. Whatever loser mm -hmm. and then okay july 7th then five days later he burglarizes joyce nelson 60 years old in monterey park and he, that's the one he beat the living shit out of yeah beat her to death just with his hands and feet like that to me is so disturbing if you're planning to kill me please shoot me in the head don't kick the shit out of me don't stab me nine thousand times yeah and now you notice he didn't try to do that to somebody in their 20s he picked some 60 year old 60 year old woman yeah, because, again, he's a pussy, and I hate him. Then he drove down uh, the street and got somebody else. Yeah, oh, and he left a sneaker print on her fucking face. Yeah, you had to be stomping somebody hard to do that. Yeah. And then he, there's somebody else in the home. Oh, no, he chooses another home next. Now yeah, he goes to Monterey. Another house. Yeah, another house. Sophie Dickman, 63 years old. Handcuffs, rapes her, takes her jewelry. And when she swore to him that he had everything, he said, swear on Satan. <laughs> yeah. I, Come well, on. Then he goes on vacation to another state to kill some people. Yeah, why not? You know? And and I really, I do agree that he was just going randomly, but he had to have been scoping these places out a little bit because who else is going to just keep getting victims that are this old? See, I don't know, like, if California at that time in these neighborhoods were mostly elderly people, like how Florida is, yeah, or if yeah, maybe the, the elderly were old schools, like maybe there was just more opportunity, like an unlocked door or garage. I don't know, because he doesn't seem like he did any prior stalking or research. He just walks in and is like, oh, I'll take this. Thank you. I wonder if he ever went to a house and everything was locked and he just got back in the car and then went, like, to the neighbor's. I mean, probably, we don't know how and many people didn't die at his yeah. hands. Yeah. And so maybe it was just unlucky mm -hmm. for these people. Because you've got to think, California had such a huge population that, you know, this 66-year-old had her door unlocked, but the other 10 houses didn't, you yeah, know. You could have started down the block and then just came to one that worked. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
This so yeah, now this is the one with the machete. Yeah, now we got ourselves a little machete. Like who the, who the fuck even has one of those? Machete. Yeah. Danny Trejo in the movie Machete. <laughs> okay, but besides him and Richard Ramirez, who yeah, else nobody. has one? I mean, nobody. The movie, the movie The Raid, the guy did have a nice machete scene, but yeah, this guy like actually buys a machete. He buys it. He purchased yeah. this at a store with the purpose of going to hack a couple people up with it. Bizarre. And robbing them. Yeah, and he killed them with the handgun. So I think he just, then he mutilates their bodies after, too. So this is what's interesting about him as well, is like, you're either the kind of killer who it's the death is the thing for you. You like to see the light go out of their eyes or like the torture or the bodies. You want the body to do whatever you want to do it. Right. Yeah. But he's kind of both. He'll torture before by shocking you with electrical cords. He'll mutilate your body after by cutting your eyes out. Like it is all over the place. And then he goes down the street to get somebody else. Yeah, 4.15 in the morning. He's like, oh, I don't think I'm done yet. Yeah, I'm I'm awake. <laughs> I still got this machete. I still got a couple bullets. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, there was just... And that he was another one. You got to swear to Satan that you're not hiding any money from me. Yes, and this is when he also ties up the eight-year-old. So, like, he's not really doing anything to kids anymore, which I think is interesting, too. Like, he's binding them, making them witness the violence to the families, but leaving them alone. Why? Uh, you know, then he took a few days off, mm-hmm. drove down to Northridge, and this 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 one was a little bit younger because this is the one where uh, when he shot the guy, the the guy didn't die, so he actually yeah. started fighting back. And these people are in their twenties. Notice he shoots right away. Yeah, and and he didn't kill the guy, and that guy ran, and then he he ran out like a bitch. Mm-hmm. And they both survive, so yeah. he can't take younger people. No. Because he's not organized. He didn't make a plan. He just goes in there. Well, he can't take two grown-ass, healthy adults. No. No. You can get one, but you might not get them both. Exactly, especially if there's a man there. Yeah, this guy wasn't like one of them, I'm going to lay here and die. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to fight. I'm I'm coming at you. Exactly, especially when you see this, like, bedraggled, scraggly-ass little guy with no teeth. You're like, I can take this fool. Mm-hmm. I just got to get that gun away from him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when he goes into these younger people's houses, he's popping them from, you know, he opens that door and pops them when they're still in bed. Yeah, because the next one he goes to is also a young couple, 27 and 31, instantly kills the guy in his bed. Yeah. 25 caliber. caliber. Then he handcuffs the woman, robs her, rapes her, says swear on Satan. Um, yeah, then he tied yeah. up their kid and went back to raping her. Yeah. And this little one was three, so I just, I can't even imagine. And the thing that, and and here's what's so weird about this guy. He wasn't wearing no ski mask. Oh, no, he's like, you can see my face. He does not plan for them to live. So he's raping the shit out of this woman, and then he leaves. So he, it proves, too, that he's, it really is a dummy, because now, okay, she saw me. She can ID me perfectly. Uh, but it, it, I'm getting tired. I've already killed some people. I'm going to go home. You know, he, he, in some cases, he, like, I'm glad people didn't die, but he's leaving witnesses. Yeah, he's leaving all the kids who have clearly seen him. There was no rhyme or reason to this guy. No. And like I said, he wasn't smart enough to put on a mask, not leave DNA. He either really thinks that, like, Satan's going to protect him or he's just a dumbass or both. I don't know. 
I'm leaning more toward dumbass and incredibly yeah, lucky. Exactly. And knowing that, like, it was hard to catch people back then. Well, then when he went, you know, he, then he went to San Francisco. You yeah. Know, I'm going to get and- out of town, but I'll kill some people there. And what I never understood, maybe I'm an idiot, after he kills these two, once again, you know, uh, older couples, 66 and 62, he he did this little pentagram gimmick, and then he wrote Jack the Knife, which I'm not going to lie to you, I never bothered to actually even look up what that meant. I think it's a lyric from a song. Ah. I can't remember which song. It might have even been an ACDC song, maybe. Uh, it's just lame. It's like a high school kid writing, you know, cool, deep lyrics on their notebook, like, fuck off. Yeah, it was kind of like Helter Skelter. I really thought that was about a roller coaster. Apparently, I'm wrong. It was about starting a race war. But uh, oh, I thought it was about the Beatles. Yeah, everything's up yeah. for interpretation, I guess. Yeah, um, and this one again, like, yeah, he kills the old guy right away. Oh, and the guy's name is Peter Pan. Yeah, Aww. Peter and Barbara Pan. Yeah. So okay, and then of course again with the shoe. That's he leaves they, another shoe print. Yeah, they figured out, oh, my God, this motherfucker drove over here. Now he's going to get people in our town. Yeah, five of them were shipped to Arizona, and one pair of his size and one kind belonged to him. So now we've got ballistics, we've got a shoe print. And now you've got, now you just don't have this one town looking for you. Now you've got several law enforcement agencies, and ego aside, it's like, all right, we're going to get now... The, the net, so to speak, it, it's getting tighter because, you know, now he's moving around. Now it's, you know, plus who yeah, knows which, where this guy could go next. This guy could have went to Colorado the next week. Right. Although now San Francisco's mayor fucks it up. So we've got San Francisco and Los Angeles working together. But Diane Feinstein, the then mayor, leaks shit on TV. And you know, this guy's got to be reading the paper because, I mean, if he's doing all this and you write notes, you want to read about it, you know, in the news. So he's clearly following the the case. Yeah, he is following it. And so now the detectives are pissed because he's going to destroy crucial forensic evidence now because he knows what they've got and he knows what they're looking for. So I don't know what this mayor was thinking. I better dump it. Oh, this gun, I got to throw it in the water. Yeah, time to get new shoes, man. I mean, what the fuck was she thinking? wanted to prove i think that they just oh look at what we figured this out you know like that but yeah it's like and he did you know he figured out the he threw all his shit away he threw it into off the golden gate bridge yeah straight into the bay yeah i mean jesus but then he got homesick because he drove back to los angeles and got some more people yep and so now he's got a family just coming back from vacation we've got a 13 year old who wakes up and hears him he the, wakes up his parents, right? Ramirez the, flees. The 13-year-old, James Romero III, he's the kid that cracked the case. Yeah, so he sees the color, make, and style of the car and a partial of yeah. the plate. Yeah. And this guy like, ran away from a 13-year-old. Yeah. Again, he sucks. Mm-hmm. But when he ran away from a 13-year-old, he, he, he didn't just run home. He did just drive somewhere else and came into the back door of another couple that he you know took out with a gun. That's why I think he's so he's so unhinged. He's so erratic. Like he was planning to kill that night, and if it didn't work, he went to the next house. Which makes me think he's just getting lucky with finding these open homes. And that's what. And that now you know he's got the ego because the lady he told her, you know, I'm the night stalker, baby. You know, like that. Now he's yeah. getting 
He likes the notoriety. Yes. Tell him the Night Stalker was here and everything like that. And but see, once again, there you left the witness open. Yep. So now you got now this kid gets the partial plate. The next house he goes to, he leaves her alive so she can tell the world the Night Stalker was there. She gave him a perfect now perfect description. So now you got a description, a partial plate. I mean, that was it. Yeah, and he made her swear she loves Satan. I don't understand that. What was his fascination with that? I don't know. It's evil. Ooh, I'm so scary because I worship Satan. Yeah, it it made no sense. Like, yeah, you and every eighth grader on planet Earth, shut up. But the news (laughs) sure had a field day with it, you know. They sure did. They love that shit. Geraldo did the whole satanic special. Yeah, honestly, the media created the satanic panic. There was no... Satanism going down, and I, it was super irresponsible. And the worst of it ever was, it, and, and and I really do feel bad for these people. Do you remember the McMartin preschool trial? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yeah, allege that some preschools are molesting your kids. Okay, of course that's terrible. But then the one kid identified Chuck Norris in a lineup. One kid saying, "Oh, you know, they took us on an airplane to." Uh, Las Vegas and had sex with us while they flew around like witches. Clearly, this is a load of bullshit. Totally. But it ruined these people's lives. It did. It was just super, super irresponsible. But James Woods got him off in the HBO movie, The McMartin Trial. Because he's James Woods. And I like to always (laughs) mention James Woods whenever humanly possible. Whenever you can. Wedge it in there. I love James Woods. He won't do an interview with me, but I still like him. He seems cool. Or crazy. But he ain't never <laughs> making people swear to Satan. Well, that we know no, of. That we know of. We might have just outed him. And I was like, damn it. If you're listening, hi, James Woods. <laughs> Sorry we said you worship Satan. Yeah. Well, now this guy, because he's leaving witnesses and running from kids, now they know who he is. I mean, that was it. We, we know who this guy is. Mm-hmm. Now we got him. We're going to put his mugshot. We're, we're putting it everywhere. And... He didn't even know. You know, they're like looking for him, trying to think he's going to flee the, the state. He was on vacation. He's coming back in. They were waiting at the end of the bus. He was coming in the front. Yeah, this guy. But he got Too caught much. in the greatest way ever. A bunch of people saw him in the neighborhood. They knew it was him, and they chased him down when he tried to jack a car and beat the shit out of him until the cops came. Yeah, is this where they're in Wilshire Center? Yes. Okay, so they get a fingerprint from his car. Possibly identified. And then he's described as a 25-year-old drifter from Texas with a long rap sheet. 25? That's it? Why does it feel like he's 45? Yeah, because I mean, he looked ancient. Oh, I mean, yeah, so this is only about 10 years since his first rape attempt. I mean, yeah. like, he really progressed. I didn't realize he was this young. And clearly, they have fingerprints because there's his mugshot. There it is. Yep. He was printed before that shot. Trust me. Oh, yeah. And then he had one more victim after that. Did he? A suspected victim. This oh, one's yeah, not yeah, proven. A, that's right. Patty Higgins. He had, yeah, he, he, had, he slashed her throat. That's right. He uh, strangled and sodomized. But I think that's the first time he's done that. So it may or may not be him. It could have been a copycat. Those were big back then, too. Copycat. Guys. Yeah. So they never definitively linked this one to him. 
but they didn't have to because now everybody knew he was and they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, so tell us about this one, El Matador. So, These yeah, old he, ladies are like, fuck this guy. He sees himself, you know, like he sees the paper. He's the front page. This is Richard Ramirez. He's like, shit, I got to get out of here. And he had a plan, like, I'll just get out of here. I'll drive to my brother's house. I'll go into Mexico. He he, he had a, an escape plan, but he tried to jack a car. And now, the, the, you know, they're yelling, you know, El Matador. They knew him from the paper. This whole neighborhood comes rushing out. I mean, they're coming over to fences and everything, whole neighborhood group, <laughs> and they just throw him down and beat the shit out of him until the cops came. Now, so the, great. the cops that arrested him, I'm not fans of because what they should have done was just turn their back and let this guy get stomped to death. Totally. Because, you know, he got sentenced, of course. he That's where he became known. He shows the in jail or in the court hearing, he raises the inhale, Satan. I think it's about the only thing he said. And mm-hmm. then it turned out he had fans showing up too. But uh, you know, they they thirteen counts of murder, five attempted murders, eleven sexual assaults, fourteen burglaries, the whole bang. We're gonna put you. You got sentenced to die in the gas chamber. And and then he says, and he's, "Yeah, he's like your death always went with the territory. I'll see you in Disneyland." Yeah, and he's like, big deal. 27 years later, he dies of lymphoma. Why do you put a guy in death penalty and then let him sit there for 30 years? Gas his ass out the next day. He didn't deny he did it. No, like, you know he did it. You've got the DNA. Drive him right down to the chamber after he's guilty. Or just let the crowd have him. But no, we had to pay to get his teeth fixed, his hair fixed. Goddamn, like I said, a heartthrob sitting there. He's he got married in prison. All these like crazy women are writing him letters. He had fans there, you know, like uh, sitting there, you know, and uh, the, he was their hero and all. It's like we might as well just start arresting these weirdos too. Well, yeah. Until OJ, this was the most expensive case in the history of California. Yeah, from a guy so who openly admitted he did it. That case, this shouldn't have been a case. This was open and shut gasm. Yes. Like, I don't understand. He never denied it. Uh-uh. I, I and then he gets he, married. He filed a few appeals, but they never even, they just kept denying him. Just kill the guy. Yeah, I, I don't understand. What I do like, though, is his first prison wife was like, I'm going to kill myself when you're executed, right? She's like, all in. But then it's definitively, definitively proved through DNA that he did rape that nine-year-old, and she was like, bye. Yeah. So I guess she had a few morals. A few people were <laughs> a going few to scruples. People were going to visit him. I, I can't understand it. But then he marries again, um, or he's engaged again. Like to a twenty-three-year-old chick. Yeah, when he's in it, what's twenty thirteen? So he's yeah. The only thing I could think of was the twenty-three-year-old. Uh, her name was Christina Lee. She was a writer. Maybe she was just in it to write a book, mm. a bestseller, be on Oprah. You know, get on close and then do a tell-all. Well, I remember that one kid was right. I don't remember his name. Uh, he was writing all those letters to serial killers and collecting stuff. Then he went to visit Gacy and got tied up. Hey, he thought twice about doing that shit. Uh-huh. He killed himself, too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what do you do? Why would you let this guy have visitors? I don't get it. What would you go and talk to this guy about? I, I, the only way I would visit him be like, hey, motherfucker, that was my neighbor. You know? Yep. I, I'm paying a guard, and in a half hour, you're going to be killed and raped. You know, that. You, why would you... I, I don't... People are weird. I'd like to think that he's the most dangerous person in that prison, because I would hate to think there's anybody worse than him there. Um, 
You know what I mean? He's the most dangerous guy in your prison. You're like, sure, have visitation, get married, go nuts. Like, no, sure fuck he, this guy. He, he Lock him a, down. He had to have been in solitary. There's no way he was in Gen Pop because somebody would have no murdered way. him. No way. No, totally. I mean, he is the most fucked up guy in there and the most random. And, and he has no qualms about shanking somebody if he's just walking down the street, popping in a house and hitting you with a tire iron. Somebody would have just been like, hey, that's the Night Stalker. I'll kill him and get a rep. You know, he yeah. would, he would not have lived. He was not going to lead a prison gang. He no. None of these kids are all put he's in He's a loner. He's got brain damage. He's got all these other trouble. You know what I mean? He's schizoid personality. He's not making friends. Like, he's not going to have buddies. And by putting him in, you know, there's him and Dahmer and Manson, all these guys. All you're doing is protecting him. Send him out into the general population. They, you get rid of him in a, a couple hours. Yeah, you know how they feel about pedos. Fuck yeah. Or do like yeah. I always said with Manson when every year it was like, just let the fucking guy out. Somebody's going to shoot him before he crosses the street. Yeah. Let's weed this herd out here. Yeah, this guy, I mean, he had some appeals, but, you know, they they didn't care. You know, it was like, eh, you already admitted you're guilty. Fuck you. You're going to die. But he sat there from, what, 1989 is when he was convicted. Mm-hmm. And he didn't even, he sat there until 2013 when it's he died body. of lymphoma. Why wasn't he gassed all these I years know. before that? It's like our previous case. You know, Rick Stice, or not Stice, the other one. Uh, Ryan. Ryan. Dies sat in prison for what? 30 years and cancer gets him? How long was Jubert in there before he got the chair? Quite a while, I think. I was in fourth grade, and I think I was an adult by the time they finally fried his ass. Yeah, which I have a whole host of thoughts on the death penalty, which I won't go into now. But, like, we definitively know he did it. We know he did it. If you know, if you did it, and you, and even if you get an appeal, okay, I'm fine. You get, you get your appeal. Don't get 17 of them that drag on for 37 years. And if exactly. you say, I did it, when Ramirez said, yep, I did it, hail Satan... Instead of taking him back to his cell, put him in the van, drive him down to where they have the gas, and mm-hmm. and cook him. They determined he's not mentally ill. He had competent um, counsel. So, like, you've dotted all your I's and, you know, crushed yeah. your T's. You're like, you're good. He did it. And, and if you have any kind of, like, weird, if you're bipolar or schizophrenic or anything like that, there's medicine that helps you with that. Mm-hmm. I dated a girl that was bipolar. She didn't take her medicine. I didn't date her for very long. Yeah, I mean, I know bipolar people in my life who are medicated, and I think that's totally different than the schizoid personality, but, like, there is a difference between a personality disorder and mental illness. And, and very different. I don't always really believe in the whole head trauma thing. I had a lot of concussions. I'm one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, you know? I mean, so I I don't even know how much I buy into all that. I think that a lot of it becomes a, well, let's say if, just think if the juice, OJ, if, if OJ wouldn't, instead of doing the whole glove thing, just think if this would have happened years later and they could have said, but he, he, he didn't know what he was doing. He played football. He had 37 concussions. This poor man, he would have gone off that trial being a hero for brain damaged people. Yeah, well, I don't think it should get them off, but I think there definitely is something to it. It depends on where you get hurt. If you get hurt in the frontal lobe before the age of six, 
it's like permanent damage to your brain. You will have aggression. You will have weird tendencies. And I guess if you're a skid row vacant, you're clearly not going to get medicine to help you. No, he doesn't have mental health care. He doesn't have medication. He has chronic substance abuse. He's got hepatitis. Like, there was no help in this guy. No, um, when you're already and fucked it, up and you're dropping LSD, that's not yeah. going to level you out. So the head injury doesn't absolve them, but I do think it's a contributing factor to, I mean, almost every serious serial killer has had a serious head injury that damaged part of their brain. Probably the part that tells you if you're doing right or wrong or it being impulsive or whatever, you know? But think about 23 years on death row, and they even said because of the appeals, he if he wouldn't have died, he'd have probably had another 20 years before it ever got carried out. Yeah, he was so young when he went in. I mean, yeah, he was, he went in his 20s. He died 20s. when he was in his 50s. They even said because of that ridiculous appeal process, he would have been in his 70s before the time everything would have ran out and they would have killed him. Yeah, he would have spent 50 years on death row. It's crazy. I, and and now he's uh, uh, featured in American Horror Story. Yeah, and like for the listeners, you know, there's a ton in popular culture on this guy. Shows, books, all kinds of stuff that you can go out and learn more about him. And if you watch the movie Cobra, probably one of the greatest movies ever made, Sylvester Stallone, he's after the Night Slasher. Ooh. Based on this guy? I don't think so, because that was a whole oh. cult. Supposedly it's based on the book Fair Game, but I really think someone just gave Stallone the book and he looked at it and went, I'm not reading this. I got my <laughs> own idea. Because there's like not a single similarity. Cobra, okay, well, that one makes of the sense. greatest movies ever made. I can never not talk about Cobra because I think it's awesome. But yes, that was the night slasher. Stallone took him out. He took out the whole gang. Well, Stallone could have taken this guy out, no problem. That 13-year-old kid uh, could have taken him out. <laughs> exactly. The 13 -year -old Stallone could have used his pinky. The kid did take him out. He got a license plate. He did more than he anybody sure else. Did. Smart kid. Yeah, smart kid. I hope that kid got a reward. Yeah, well, he lived. Well, yeah, it's a, you know, I mean, they even made a movie. Uh, it was a, I think it was made for TV. I mean, they said there's been several, but one that strikes me uh one of the more famous uh, might have been a Lifetime movie or something, because this is clearly a Lifetime case in some aspects. Lou Diamond Phillips played him in a movie in 2016. Oh, interesting. And even and they always get a good looking guy to play him. Like, did you watch American well, Horror Story? Not yet. Goddamn heartthrob on there. He's he's in a couple. He's in the Cecil the Hotel episode. He's in. That's the first time. But he's very prominent in the summer of '84 because they do explain to you that he really does have a deal with Satan. So that's how he keeps getting away with everything. <laughs> they do like to glamorize, um, and it's not like British TV where people are allowed to be ugly. Americans won't have it. No, you. Uh... They have to be movie star looks, even if they're playing a piece of shit vagrant like him. Yeah, I've seen, I've read true crime books where they describe the person as like, oh, this fat girl with pimples and all that. And then you watch the, the movie they make about it. Yeah, goddamn Angelina Jolie playing the part. Right? I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I, I never got that. And, and you know, Night Stalker, obviously, probably one of the, if not the most famous serial killer. Netflix just did a big four-part documentary on him that's really, really good. Okay, I got a lot of things to watch. A it's lot. called the night. You did watch it, the hunt for the serial killer. The oh, the hunt. Okay, you watched that. I watched that. Did you watch Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal? 
No. Okay, it's not about the Night Stalker, but it's very dark, very surreal. He is in L.A., and he is a photo- like a crime photographer for a newspaper. So, like, him and all the other ones are, like, racing each other to get to the scenes of the crime, and then, like, a whole bunch of weird shit goes down. It's a thriller crime show. It's really good. With Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's got, like, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, he just stumbles into this career as a cameraman. He's got a police scanner and a camcorder, and he becomes, like, this just nocturnal living guy who's, like, witness to all these grisly crimes and shit. It's pretty good. He is the guy from Southpaw Mysterio in the new Spider-Man movie, right? I'm not sure. I get my I get some actors confused because a whole handful of them look identical, but... Uh, he was in the Donnie Darko. Oh, I hate that movie. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Um, but it's Where like a neo Donnie Darko. Let me ask you. Strike me as somebody that was a fan of that film. I was. I've watched it on several occasions. Don't make no goddamn sense. I still think somebody just threw the script in the air and filmed how it fell. Yeah, I think time travel is hard to convey very well in a movie, and you have to have all your rules correct. And I think it was just very odd. I love Arrow Video. I, I do reviews for Arrow Video. They sent me the big collector's edition of Donnie Darko, and I, I, that was probably my fifth attempt to watch it. And uh, sorry, Arrow Video. I, I can't get behind Donnie Darko. I, it's just not a movie that makes any damn sense to me. <laughs> it, yeah. I don't think I ever understood it. I just wanted to be like a deep 90s kid who's like, yeah, I totally get this. Heather's was so much better. Oh, so good. I only thought of that because you said 90s. So, yes. You know, if but I had see, a... Heather's, Heather's was more 80s, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think it was like 89, maybe. I probably didn't see it till 90s. but Yeah, I didn't see it until the 90s either because I was too movie. young. The best spree yeah. killer movie, though, is Boys Next Door starring Charlie Sheen and Maxwell Caulfield, where they t- play two thrill killers. Oh, nice. That's probably my favorite thrill kill, spree kill film. I tend to go more, like, noir. I like crime. Like, I like Brick. Did you ever see that one? Nope. Um, it has the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. Frenchie Stewart? Uh, I don't know. I no. didn't watch Third Rock from the Sun. Didn't you? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, oh, the guy from the horrible third Christopher Nolan Batman film. Yes. Yeah. But it's a good movie. You are tailor-made for Giallo films. Really? After the pandemic, you'll have to come and watch Giallo films. Okay. Those I'm are in. Italian uh, hardcore murder mysteries with tons of tons of graphic violence, but you only always see the killer's hands. Dario Argento. Oh, that sounds master. cool. He's the master of them. Uh, my wife is a big fan. I find them a little slow, but uh, yes, uh, everybody knows my relationship that reads my website was Giallo films, but Okay, so me and Jamie can have a movie-watching party. <laughs> I must own 100 giallos, and that's probably an under-guess of how many that, that, uh, that I have. But, uh, yes, you always try to find out who the killer is. And, but they're very much different than an American killer film. Much different. Yeah, see, that's more my speed, I think. I like the guy killing people in the summer camp. Yeah, you like the slasher. I'm, I'm not a, a slasher, slasher so much. I'm a slasher guy. I am a tried and true so just like the ghost movies i don't like either my wife gets scared i fall asleep yeah and i like creepy dark drawn out leave me little clues like um did you watch twin peaks i like that kind of shit i like it kind of weird kind of dark 
you know the weird thing with Twin Peaks is like if you go in the order the exact opposite and you read the Diary of Laura Palmer book, which came out last, then you watch Fire Walk with me, which came out second, then you go and watch the show, it all makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. You just have to watch it all backwards. Yeah, exactly. Which that's kind of fun. The only David Lynch thing I was really into is Blue Velvet. Yeah, that was good. And I, I really would interested to see what his three and a half hour or four hour cut is, but uh, it probably got cut for a reason. Yeah, probably. It's kind of comical nowadays to see Dennis Hopper with his gas mask and all that it was terrifying back then. Now it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> it shows yeah. how times have changed. Mm-hmm. You know, kids think Hellraiser nowadays is boring. Right. You, you know, gotta up the ante, man. Rob Zombie. I'm telling you, three from no, hell. The kids love too, Rob. Too Zombie. scary. Oh, Rob Zombie is the greatest house at Universal Studios when it comes to Halloween time. I believe that, but it's too scary for me. Nah, that's because I bet you've never watched House of a Thousand Corpses. Hell no. I read a synopsis and I was like, nope. I think you should watch it before the next show. No, we'll not do it. It won't scare you. It's not <laughs> yes, scary. It will. No, it won't. Yes, it is. What is our next show? Well, I don't know. What's your we have it. It's my oh, it's my turn. Okay, let me think. Let me think. I mean, should we do my favorite serial killer next, or should we do a disappearance? Should we do a cryptid? Like, which way do we want to go, man? That's, we've we've done so far. We've done a cult and a serial killer. A serial killer, yeah. So, a mystery. Maybe we could solve a case. Oh my god, wouldn't that be so fun? I read enough Batman comics. That I think I've got some some criminal knowledge, <laughs> and I read so many murder mysteries and Sherlock Holmes books. I know how to crack a case. I liked when Will Ferrell was Sherlock Holmes. Nah, actually, I didn't like that movie, but he was. A, he, he was I like the. It Robert does not Downey, work for me. No, the I Robert, like Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. The first Robert Downey I really liked. Yes. But uh, the second one, not so much. I just like that they made Watson out to be... Actually, my favorite Sherlock Holmes movie is Without a Clue with Michael Caine. There you go. Yeah, that's more my scene. That's because, you know, because Sherlock Holmes is a bumbling idiot. That's I, I found that funny. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know what case to crack, though. I can't crack no Zodiac cipher. No, me either. Although we could keep word. it... With- we could keep it with the hotel, and we could do, like, the Black Dahlia or something else related. I saw that movie. What'd you think? I liked it. It's an interesting case. And actually, there is a current podcast where a family member's pretty sure it was his dad that did it. Well, that podcast isn't as good as ours. Well, no. But we could listen to it for some context. Or we could also just talk about Red Dawn. <laughs> we could. We didn't talk I mean, Red I- Dawn today. <laughs> I mean, it is integral to our cult. It so, is. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't know. You know what, people? It's going to be a surprise. That's it. It's a surprise. You just text just, me and tell surprise. me what I need to research. Yeah. We don't need to tell these people. They can figure it out by tuning in. Because I know what my next pick is. But, yeah, they can they can guess in, 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 in a month they'll hear mine. Yeah. Because we could do another serial killer. We might do a disappearance. A cult. We might do a cult. You don't know. Jim Jones, you know, Kool-Aid. You know, I wonder mm-hmm. if he had a Kool-Aid endorsement. But I actually have a bottle of Jonestown wine. 
Nice. I've never opened it, but I do have a big bottle of Jonestown wine. Somebody got me like 20 years ago, and it has moved everywhere I've gone. I still have it. Nice. We could always do like a D.B. Cooper or Jimmy Hoffa, just like weird stuff that went down. So, you know what? We'll decide. Yeah, but Lorenzo Lamas found D.B. Cooper in an episode of Renegade, so he already cracked the case. Oh, well, poo. Yeah. The only thing I don't want to do is anything too current, just because, you know. Yeah, you got to go dig in the past. I want to go dig in the past. I don't want to do anything that could make, you know, current survivors upset. No. No. So I think we got to go back. We'll think of something. We're clever. We are. We got this. It's just, it's an abundance of choice that I'm struggling with, not a lack of choice. Yeah, sadly, there's a lot in the world of crime to cover. There really is. I mean, we've got disappearances. We've got, like, Elisa Lamb, which was, like, a mystery that just kind of came down to, like, normal, everyday, sad stuff, you know? Bipolar off the meds took ecstasy. Say it again. I'll say it a hundred times. Exactly. So... Yeah, I'm going to put my thinking cap on. I'm going to go do my report cards and my laundry, and I will let you know. I did my laundry yesterday as I just washed my brand new, my bloody Valentine jacket. Nice. The movie. I got to get my fancy clothes. I got to get ready for conferences. Uh, Yeah, I have to wear fancy clothes to work, but around the house, I just wear t-shirts. Same. Well, I'm in my pajamas. That's what's great about podcasting. Oh, yeah. See, I already exercise, so I'm in sweaty workout clothes. That's why I'm kind of glad we're not, like, FaceTiming it, because I'm not presentable. Yeah, I'm not either. <laughs> Good. I guess on that note, that's the end of the Night Stalker episode, and uh, we'll be back with another episode in a couple weeks. You'll just have to figure out what it is then. 